woman in my window. There's a woman looking at me with her camera. Woman in that window. I'm staring at the woman in the window. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's better. It's better. I'm asking her More problematic, to go but still. away. <laughs> Please go away, lady. <laughs> Please go away, lady. <laughs> Please go away, figment of my imagination. Or is it? Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast Real Rotten, where we watch movies underneath 25% of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm Nick. I'm Steven. And we're here to talk about breaking news. Woman in the Window is out on Netflix, and it has been for a while. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, we're doing it because out of, out of protest, but also not out of protest. We've taken a lot of time to marinate on this film, uh, uh, mostly, mostly letting the critics marinate and give their honest opinion, because when this movie was first released... It didn't meet our criteria. Yeah, roller coaster ride. Actually, yeah, and then it did. It started out very low, under our criteria, twenty one, and then it jumped to thirty, and we we thought no chance, no chance, no chance. We're gonna get to it. I have I have some. Uh, I did some research for for once on the podcast. I uh, I, buckled, fun. I buckled in last night. I attached my computer to my eyeballs and I crunched the numbers. I crunched those numbers. I ate them up like a little crunchy sandwich with peanut butter chips in it. Oh, I was gonna. Peanut butter chips. Peanut butter chips. Wow. Yeah, you heard me. Wow. I, I don't take it back. You're going after my my likings. Um, and, yeah, but but before we get into it, uh, it's movie news. Yeah, let's introduce our guest. Uh, no guest. No guest because we're agoraphobic. Yep. Uh, Kyle's here though. Hey, Kyle. Hey. What the Hello. fuck is up, Kyle? Well, it's good to have you back, Kyle. Uh, we I suppose missed you. We did. We truly did. Um, I appreciate I'm, that. Did you? I so, you guys too. Uh, are you, you left the movie on right while you're still finishing it? Yeah, yeah where are you I'm at? Currently, I'm currently right in the middle of it. Okay, we're gonna need. Uh, we're gonna need. So this is a spo- this is a spoiler podcast. Yeah, oh, if you haven't seen the movie, you should watch the movie. Uh, if you have like an hour and forty minutes, maybe uh, maybe it's worth. It. I don't really know. We'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when when big things happen, Kyle, let us know and let us know your uh, reaction. The uh, the new wife just uh, caught her staring in the window and called the house, and she's freaking out. So that's where we're at. Wow. Spoiler. Fascinating. <laughs> uh, other movie news. Theaters are wide open, Nick. Theaters are open. The people are back. Have you seen a movie yet in a theater? I wish. No, because it's so crowded. I, I haven't yet either. either. Is it's, it really crowded? It's crowded. They have the social distancing, social oh, distancing yeah, seats, yeah, yeah. so that compromises, like, I don't know, 75% of the theater. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the, the, if you want to go, you can go, and you're going to get your socially distanced experience, and there's going to be a lot more people than you expect at the movie theaters. Well, I have a, I have a quick game, but first we wanted to just say, it's the Summer of Sick. The Summer of Sick is here. Uh, it, summer of Sick involves airplanes, surfing, roller skating, skateboarding, and agoraphobia. Those are all, uh, all the things that we got for Summer of Sick. Okay. Okay. All right, Nick. Two, what's your what's two your, movies came yeah. out? Quiet Place Two and Cruella. Yes. Both both uh, certified fresh. Cruella might be seventy three or something like that, right underneath it. I have a little Quiet game. Ninety percent. That's crazy. Yeah, ninety one. Last I saw. Uh, I'm gonna say reviews of these movies, and you have to tell me which movie you think it is. Got it. Charlotte Sullivan. Whisper it. Krasinski's done it again. This is going to be huge. I want to say Cruella because John Krasinski does per, uh, does have a cameo in it that uh, I can't uh, substantiate. But it's but it's a quiet, quiet plaza. It is quiet place. You're right. You're right. Okay, we got Barry Hertz. It never completely works, although the cast is trying exceptionally hard. Quiet place. 
No, that is uh, that is Cruella. Dang. Uh, those two are the top critics. Uh, they both. Uh, I I just like Charlotte Sullivan because she wanted to whisper her blurb. So that's that's nice. It's a blurb. I like Barry's brother better. Uh, Richard. Richard hurts. Richard hurts me with his eyes. Um, Mar- <laughs> Marcus P said started a little slow, ended great, totally worth it. Is is Marcus P? Uh, I feel like these are audience members now. <laughs> oh, okay. So Marcus P is obviously a reference to Mister Mister Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, started a little slow, ended great, totally worth it. A uh, quiet place. That's Cruella. Sorry. Wow. Uh, James said, "Good mix of humor and revenge." Uh, so does that mean that Emily Blunt gets her revenge? Ultimate revenge on the critters. I will have to say, a quiet place. <laughs> uh, it's Cruella. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Great movie, but really short. Great movie, but said really Ho- short. Said Jose V. Jose V. You know, let's keep this train rolling. Quiet place. <laughs> it's Cruella. Damn it! <laughs> Kyle, can you look up the runtime of Cruella while I do the rest of these? I think it's seventy-three minutes. Uh, <laughs> Gregory said, would have been better, but the theater let kids ruin the experience. Wow. So, um, I mean, kids are never quiet in theater, so I got to say quiet place. Okay. You got that one right. <laughs> yeah. <got> one. <laughs> Walter P., who I picture as a very old person, had to, he said, the movie was a great one. See it. Loved it. Uh, I imagine it as Paul Walter Hauser's uh, alternative <laughs> username on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's Cruella. Uh, that is Quiet Place 2. Wow. Uh, best movie I've seen in a long time. Trailers were intriguing. Movie was beyond amazing. Cruella. From JB. Yeah, Obviously. JB loved Cruella. Wow. JB loved beyond <laughs> amazing for JB. Are you, running, you wanted the runtime of Cruella? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was runtime. How long is it? Two hours and 14 minutes. That what? Person, yeah. <laughs> Jose V said, great movie, but really short. <laughs> He's Snyder Cut, Jose, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And our last one, a VL said, everything would have been better if this theater had reclining seats. Wow. So a VL's uh, theater experience was I subpar, like, I guess. I feel like VL needs to have VL was a- like, I haven't been in a theater in over a year, and I'm going to go in <laughs> and... It better be as com- good as my couch. Yeah, and complain about these seats that yeah. I haven't been better sitting in. better be as in. good as my couch. Uh, I feel like uh, this person was in need of a nap, so quiet place. That's right. It was wow, quiet place. I got it. And that was uh, that was uh, re- reviews are in. <laughs> reviews are in. <laughs> That's what that game's called. Uh, but now let's get into it. Let's talk about woman in the window. Can we get a little taste? I couldn't find a thirty second version. Anymore. It's okay. This is ninety seconds. It's it's good for Kyle. Nine one one. What's your emergency? I heard somebody scream just now from across the street. What's your address, ma'am? <gasps> ma'am, are you okay? Detective Little, NYPD. Nothing's happened to anyone. I saw her murdered. <laughs> Mr. Russell believes that you made a mistake. Then where is she? Where's your wife? I'm Jane. My wife. <laughs> You're not Jane. I know Jane. Jane's been in my house. I know what I saw. I'll prove it. They're all hiding something. I think you know who I am. Stop watching our house. Ethan, where's your mother? You've got to move on. I can't. Why not? Somebody took a photograph of me while I was sleeping. You're playing with the wrong family. 
I know what I saw. Okay, yep. Okay. There it is. They did include the funniest part of the movie in there, though, when she yells out the window at Ethan across the street. Where is your mother? Where is your mother, Ethan? That is, that's the funniest part of the movie, Kyle. You're almost there, actually. Um, yeah, you're almost there. Hey, I saw that. Yeah, oh, wow. Gary Oldman hits him afterwards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't hit your son. <laughs> anyway, this movie has a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. I know you're thinking... This isn't technically our criteria, but okay, I've crunched the numbers. It's our criteria for a Hall of Famer. For a Hall of Famer. We we don't know if we want to go there. Hall of Fame streamer. It's a, it yeah, crosses Hall, both yeah, planes okay. of existence. I like that. I like that. Um, we are two reviews away, so we're just putting the word out. We need to get this back down yeah. to 25. I did the math. 46 out of these 179 reviews are positive, which gives it a 25.7%, which yeah. means Rotten Tomatoes rounds up. Yeah. Which means we need two more bad reviews to come in to get it out to twenty five point four, and then we're back in the sweet spot. We're back in the sweet spot. So this is a this is a, a uh, call to action for all the critics out there. If you're a critic and you're listening to this podcast for some reason, please post a negative review of Woman in the Window. Talking to you, Emmanuel Levy. Yeah, the audience gave it a shocking thirty seven percent. Shocking in the way that it should be higher or lower. Uh, Surprise that it's so high. Higher. It should be higher. This really? is the type of movie that people oh, like, yeah, like right. for no reason. Yeah, you're right. It's a guilty pleasure sort of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this it. is like a Thri- psych- psychological thriller sort of situation. Psychological thrillers fall into that uh, uh, into that love or hate it category. Either you really like it or you really, really hate it. Case in point, Double Jeopardy. Love Double Jeopardy. Love Double Jeopardy. Yeah, great movie. Future Contender. There you go. Crazy. We're going to watch that. Uh, there's, yeah. there's a whole Ashley Judd line that we could do. She, that she, maybe next year. She did like three or four in a row. We'll do like uh, we'll do like uh, cu- country summer with Ashley Judd, <laughs> <laughs> country strong with Ashley Judd, and end it with country strong with uh, with Ashley Judd and Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't even know if she's in that movie. Uh, Kyle, check that for me. Blurbs, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, critical consensus. Is it called the critical consensus now, or is this now the blurb? It's the critical consensus. Okay, all right, good, good. I was still right. A milk toast and muddled thriller that drowns in its frenzied homages. The woman in the window will have audiences closing their curtains. That's pretty good. I like the closing their curtains. Curtain call. Audience? Drop the curtain on this movie. Amy Adams is great, but she's wasted along with the rest of a star-studded cast on a mystery that takes too long to get going and often doesn't make much sense. I think that's a better consensus that's than the, the audience. one. That's what the audience thinks in general. That makes sense. Uh, I'm with it. I like the uh, so at Rotten Tomatoes now there is a person that reads all the audience reviews and then like comes up with an idea or they just pretended to read all the audience reviews. Would love to have that job, by the way. And 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 then writes this blurb. That's a great job. Uh, Nick, what's your blurb? Mine's from Jordan Rumi, who uh, said this Hitchcock ripoff is either a very bad movie or a future cult classic. It's a bad movie. Yeah, I think it's a bad movie. Yeah, it's not a cult classic. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Clarice Loughry <laughs> from the UK Independent wrote. Woman in the Window is what Clueless's Cher Horowitz would call a Monet. To quote, from far away, it's okay, but up close, it's a big old miss. Mess. Miss. Wow, shouts to Monet. Yeah, shout outs to Monet, shout outs to uh, Cher Horowitz, shout outs to Alicia Sil- Silverstone. Uh, Alicia Silverstone, I hear it's problematic nowadays, but we're not going to get into that. Kyle? Yes. Any? What, what you got for us? What's the update? Oh, uh, oh where we're at? Yeah. Um. So... 
they she's she got sent the photo of her sleeping oh yeah 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 and so she's breaking down everything right now with the police and gary oldman oh she's having that real freak out in front of everybody where she's saying the same things over and over oh and then it's yeah Yeah. then the cutscene's about to happen she apparently knows how to she's a child psychologist and can identify abuser especially when you know gary oldman socks his son in the face (laughs) hell yeah yeah um yeah, that's where we're at, and she's uh, putting it all together in her head. We're not saying Ethan deserved it, but we're not not saying Ethan deserved it. Yeah. That kid sucks. We'll Bad get kid. into it. Bad kid. <laughs> uh, notable critic. Uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's our it's one of our favorites. It's the Roper Dope. Roper Dope. Take it away, Nick. Uh, maybe, just maybe, if you pour just the right glass of wine or sparkling water and you're in the mood for a howler of a film that practically dares you to talk back to the screen, you can sit through this without wanting to scream. Maybe. If... Uh, so is that how sober people get their rocks off by having sparkling water? Sparkling water, I think. A little Lacroix in their in their blood system to, yeah, to I, make I, the make the blood pop. You know when uh, you go to a theater and you have a six pack of Lacroix in your backpack and you're like, mm. you just pop, just can opening over right. and over and over. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No That's, caffeine, obviously caffeine free. Nope. I but I just want to give people a um, a warning that my dentist said that sparkling water is causing a rash of cavities. Yeah, this year. I mean, it's carbonated water. It's just like soda, except uh, you don't have that second component of sugar de- de- decaying your teeth first. Yeah, so be be aware of that, people. Be aware of that there yeah. is a rash of cavities going around, and it's maybe caused by sparkling water. Probably, probably. You're pouring you're pouring acid into your mouth. What do you expect? Um, <clears throat> Kyle, uh, it's time for your favorite, uh, favorite and most necessary uh, component of uh, of your your part of the show. It's the fat corner. Yeah, it is my favorite part. Here fact we go. To, fact to the corner. It's like Back to the Future. Oh wow! Wow, another call out. Thanks, Nick, for a reminder that you're taking my theme. Um, <laughs> so fat corner. This movie was released. Uh, release date May fourteenth, twenty twenty one. Rated R. Also, uh, did uh, it deserve an R rating? I don't think so. No, it it didn't really earn it. That uh, that graphic blood after Julianne Moore gets stabbed. That that's not a lot of blood. That part. That's not a lot. Of she says the F word like four times. Yeah, Amy Adams does. Uh, uh, March fourteenth. Um, also, Kate Blanchett's birthday. May fourteenth. May fourteenth. Also, Kate Blanchett's birthday. Uh. I I can't name a movie that we'd be able to do that she starred. She's in. a superstar. That's why yeah. we love her. Uh, George Lucas's birthday as well. I can name some movies that we could do. AKA Star Wars. Am I right? Garbage. Put Garbage. it in the trash. Yeah. Take Star Wars Last to the one. trash. <laughs> Take Star Wars to the what's what's it? The compactor oh, bin. Yeah, the compactor bin. <laughs> um, uh, runtime. Yeah, runtime. Hundred minutes. Hour and forty. One hundred minutes. Good, yeah. good, it's, good, good amount yeah, of time. It's still too long. That's about still okay, too, yeah. still feels too long. It's fine, but fine. Hundred, a hundred's a good number actually. When you like think minute wise, right? Yeah. No, it's it's it, it <clears throat> for a for a typical okay movie. It works. Yeah. Well, uh, tag. What's the tag what's lines. our what's our yeah what's our taglines? Seeing is believing. I mean, that's, that's the best as you can put it. Yeah. Yep. Hence our hence our tags. Yeah. Uh, my, my tag is uh can you believe your eyes? It's basically the same thing, but okay. <laughs> uh, and then mine is <laughs> and then mine is, of course, look out. Look out. Look out. <laughs> God. My my bonus one was mom, get out of the window. <laughs> mom, you're embarrassing me. 
Ethan! <laughs> Ethan, where's your mother? Plot keywords, Kyle. Plot keywords. We have spying, neighbor. Cool. cool. Spine? Spockian? Spine? Spying? Spine. Spying. Spying. Oh, a spying. Spying. Oh, a Spanish spine. A spying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, neighbor. Hitch. Hitchbockian? It's Hitchcockian. <laughs> uh, uh, Nick misspelled that, of course. <laughs> I was going to say that. Was... <laughs> I thought it was too uh, nasty to write cock. <laughs> oh, yeah. It auto-corrected because uh, you got the Mormon yeah. Mac. Yeah. Agoraphobic and living alone. There living alone. Uh, it, yeah. Living alone and agoraphobic are mutually uh, mutually exclusive terms. There you go. Uh, budget, which probably went to all of the cast, $40 million. $40 million. Most of it went to reshoots. To be honest, there really? hasn't been quite a bit to reshoot. So we're going to talk we're about that all right now. Uh, it hasn't made any money because it got bought by Netflix. So it the it's, it's, let's guess how many times it's been viewed. What do you think? It, it was a popular movie viewed? for about a week and a half. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think it's been seen thirty-one million times. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think it's made every dollar uh, in regards to its view count. So forty million people. Definitely, definitely watch I this. I doubt film. forty million people. Oh, you'd be this. surprised, Kyle. No, it probably has thirty-one million views. Forty million yeah, views. Forty million views. Thirty-one actual uh, <laughs> watch-throughs. I just—that's yes. the one thing about Netflix I hate—is when they get something new, they fucking say it's on their top ten, so it makes it look like you have to watch it. And I think that's where they get a lot of people that's, watching. I mean, that's the point of the top that's ten. Shit. It's the top ten streaming, so it's the most popular one because it's the. But they just put it on the there just as it's released. It's not even. I don't even think it's an actual top ten thing to watch. Is my argument. I mean, that's why Netflix stuff is always <laughs> in the top ten. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <clears throat> uh, my trivia. trivia. Yeah, my trivia <laughs> moment is uh, this marks the first instance of a screenwriter, Tracy Letts, who cameos in the film, uh, writing the film out adaptation not based on his own works. He's usually uh, ad- ad- adapting, adapting. <laughs> Uh, he's usually adapting his own works. Uh, usually plays Tracy Letts, yeah, yeah, plays uh, uh, novellas. I don't know if he's a book writer. Uh, yeah, he's a big he's a big Steppenwolf guy. Yeah, he he's is, a big Steppenwolf guy. He is a uh, a theater guy. Yeah, Steppenwolf uh, uh, theater company based out of Chicago, famous uh, theater company, one of the most famous theater companies. If I if I recall correctly. So the so it was adapted from the book by AJ Finn, which is the pen name for D- Dan Mallory. Dan Mallory, who is uh, talk about Dan Mallory. Dan Mallory is the most interesting part about this movie is just this guy who wrote the book that this movie is based on because it's just totally wild. Jake Gyllenhaal is going to play him in a TV series, I think, directed by Janixa Bravo, who just did the New Zola movie. In February 2019, an article in The New Yorker exposed Dan Mallory as having fabricated numerous aspects of his life and career, including having earned a doctorate from Oxford, suffering from brain cancer, like every member of his family has either had a terminal illness or died and come back to life somehow. And uh, <laughs> and then I like this part from Wikipedia, which said, and, bar- and of borrowing very heavily from the 1995 thriller film Copycat, without attribution, for his debut novel, Mallory subsequently released a statement in which he admitted that his mother had survived her brain cancer and his brother was also still alive. While Mallory has attributed his deceptive behavior to his diagnosis of bipolar 2 disorder, a psychiatrist interviewed in the aforementioned article noted that one cannot attribute diagnosis... Delusions, amnesia, that diagnosis, or, delusions, amnesia, or chronic lying for secondary gain or to get attention. There you go. So yeah, 
so Dan Mallory is a big, he was just a guy who saw what type of books were being popular and yeah. he wrote like a by the numbers book that was very popular and he made tons of money on it. Yeah. It's like James <laughs> Frey, the, the million little pieces. Guy. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. He was just like a girl on the train. Anybody can fucking write girl on the train apparently. And so he just wrote a version where she drinks wine the entire time. Yeah. Uh, the, I did read the book. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. It was fine. Um, some, I've talked to people that have liked it and people have not liked it at all. Uh, there are some, some differences that got mostly cut out. She does sleep with David in the book. Mm. I think David survives too. Um, if he does die, I don't really know. No spoilers for Kyle. I just found out, uh, Anthony Mackie isn't, isn't, isn't alive anymore. Yeah. He, he's, he's he's unalived. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, what the kids call unalived <laughs> unalived so then the rest of the story about this is that it was bought in 26 2018 they started shooting in 2018 yep they wrapped in 2018 yep. october they showed test audiences and everybody was confused so they reshot it <laughs> they did a bunch of reshoots and finished they pushed it. it back yeah pushed it back and then Fox got bought by Disney because this was a Fox 2000 movie. Yeah, which I did not know Fox 2000 was a thing. I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. I guess that there was probably like their new like uh, mid-level studio. I think it was like their mid-level studio one. Right. So not Searchlight and not like Big Fox. Right. And like is, is where they're making all these like medium exactly ones. Exactly what you said, mid-range releases. Yeah. Uh, largely targeted, underserved groups. So apparently uh, agoraphobics are a largely underserved so, demographic. So this, is, so this is one of two movies that was bought by them. Um, I can't remember the other one. Oh, uh, yeah, I have it. Uh, m- might have been New Mutants. Was it New Mutants? Yeah. Yeah, that was one of them. And uh, <laughs> The Art of Racing in the Rain. That's a Fox 2000. Oh, movie. that was the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually did okay, I think. It didn't do bad. The book was good. Yeah. I was not interested in Kevin Costner voicing a dog. <laughs> I'm just going to ride the car. <laughs> yeah, he was just like old man voice. Hate You Give is a, is a uh, Fox 2000 movie. And Love, Simon. And uh, our favorite, our favorite uh, romantic thriller, The Mountain Between Us. Have you seen that movie? No. Idris Elba and Kate Winslet? They do it though, right? Weird movie. <laughs> Weird movie. It's like The Edge, but with no men. Okay. Uh, so this, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Did you mention your 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 boy? <laughs> your boy get a star as the author? Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is yeah. gonna play him in a TV show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited for that. I didn't realize that was a real thing. Oh, it's gonna be good. That's good. That's a great uh, premise for a, for a miniseries. But Fox 2000 had this movie. Disney then bought the company and was like, "We don't want this movie at all. We don't want the studio. We're done with this yeah, completely. The studio is dead." So they sold it to Netflix, and that's how we are where we are. And Netflix, Netflix was like, "We'll just drop it. We don't give a fuck." Picking <laughs> up the crumbs and just sharing it with the world. And that's that. So uh, now we'll get into who, who's the who's in this movie. Uh, we got Joe Wright directed it. The man who also directed who who is maybe one of the most roller coasty directors there are. In that, he, uh, I don't know. He had a good start. I know he had he done a lot of good movies, but he's also done a few like pretty bad movies, really horrific movies. Pride and Prejudice, Atonement, Hannah, all in a row, which is just really great. Never Han- saw Hannah. Hannah's. You haven't seen Hannah? Oh, uh, Soloist was before Hannah. Soloist twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's fine. Soloist was okay. Yeah, it was fine. Hannah was great. Anna Karenina, okay. Pan, terrible. Darkest Hour, just fine. He also did the... Uh, the Nosedive episode The Nosedive episode of the Black Michael Mirror. Shore, the Michael Short episode. Is yeah. that like the... That's probably like the top three most memorable Black Mirror? 
for everybody? Mm. You think top definitely top five for definitely me. top five. Top five. I didn't like it because it was not the same tone. It had like a it was like a it was a comedic comedic episode, obviously. But uh, that was the one. Not a typical Black Mirror. Episode. No, it's the one with uh that no nosedive is the one with uh Bryce Dallas Howard. It's the with the app. Yeah, and the points. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, the points. Yeah, yeah. That was comedic to you? That was terrifying. It was funny. Yeah, that was no, scary. it was it was intentionally <laughs> it was funny. At the end. <laughs> it was intentionally what? funny. Yeah. No, there's all these comedic moments of her falling in the mud, like her her still trying to get points even though it was still going down. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's it's not like straightforward comedy, but you're it's for sick. sure black comedy. <laughs> you're sick. It's 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 black comedy for sure. Uh, well, it was written and then it was uh, adapted from the novel by Tracy Letts, as we said, who just did an okay job. I think it was pretty overwritten at some points. I don't know if he if this was a personal project for him. I, I don't know <laughs> like, if there. I, I want to know. I want to know if he answered any questions about would, this movie during any interviews. Yeah, I'd it, really like to know. Was this a money thing for every single person involved in this movie? It could except be. for Joe Wright. Joe Wright is the only one who really felt like he probably had something here and was trying to do something. Look, Doug Mallory has an interesting story, and I'd love to tell it. <laughs> uh, notable crew. We're Danny Elfman podcast forever was, and always. I, I was looking this up. Yeah. Danny Elfman. Almost exclusively does bad movies nowadays. This is, I think, our fifth Danny Elfman He's a movie money man. we've done. Like, not in a row, but definitely definitely uh, have done more than three Danny Elfman uh, composed films. Thousand Words, Danny Elfman. Yep. Uh, Tom and Jerry? Is that one Danny Elfman? I think so. I'm... He did another one, too, I noticed. Well, I uh, Kyle, we'd love to get some facts from you. <laughs> uh, Doolittle, Men in Black International. Doolittle, that's Men in Black International, one. Fifty Shades Freed, Fifty Shades Darker. He did all of those. Yeah, he did all the Fifty Shades, right. Uh, the Circle, he did. He did The Circle. There yep. you go. Wow. That's This yeah. is already like our, our fifth of just him alone. Our guy. <laughs> Flubber. He also did Flubber. Flubber. Yeah. Nah, it was yeah, Flubber. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. it was. So there you go. Uh, Danny Elfman, uh, our boy. Hats our off. boy, Danny E. Hats off to Danny Paycheck Elfman. Yep. I like Danny Elfman because he's like, I want to be like Elton John, but, you know, more whimsical. And then you're like, okay, I don't know if that's <laughs> going to work there, Danny, but okay, sure. Works in the film industry. <laughs> uh, the actors in this movie. All, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. This is this is who is in this movie that is has 179 reviews, uh, overwhelmingly negative. Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore, Jennifer Jason Lee, Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell, for those of you who don't know, is the the quote unquote new Captain America in Falcon and Winter Soldier. But I know him famously. Call back to Dark to Black Mirror for the episode yep. that he was in in Black Mirror, which I think is a that top three scary. memorable episode. That's the most terrifying The video one. game one? Yeah, yeah the video one, game one. That one is very scary. Very scary. I watched yeah, that on a train scary. in Europe. Just that spider's part. Yeah, the spiders. Oh. And then, oh, I mean, the twist ending is just, yeah, yeah. that's the most nightmarish situation. Uh, um, he's also uh, The Lodge. I've seen season one of. Oh, yeah, uh, he's in The Lodge. A very enjoyable little show. Canceled. Yep. Um, and then he's also in um, Overlord. Yeah, and he's nepotism. Sure. But in a good way. Yeah. I think he's he uh Oh that's right. I always forget about Wyatt Russell. Yeah, he's will Kurt he Russell's ever... kid. <laughs> your boy, your, uh, he's your boy, boy Kurt Russell's boy. Yeah, will he replace Kurt one day for you, Steven? No, you need you never replace Kurt. It's like I like Wyatt Russell a lot. Kyle, that's like will he ever replace Joe Montana as the greatest quarterback ever? <laughs> no. Uh I believe that that someday it will happen. What? <laughs> what? Brian Tyree Henry, An- Anthony Mackie is uh, plays the uh, the husband of Anna, uh, Amy Adams. Amy, Amy Adams, Anna Dorn. And then a newcomer as Ethan is Fred Hetchinger. Hetchinger. Hesh- Hesh-inger? Hesh-inger. Fred uh, Hetchinger. Fred Hetchinger. And H is uh, <laughs> Charles Lightbringer. I don't. Know. I don't know who. I don't know who that was. 
uh, Fred, I I don't really. Fred's a nothing. Yeah, I don't want to get too mad at Fred, but we might have to at some point. We'll yeah, talk about we'll, it. We'll um, that. The uh, movie plot, yeah. if you haven't gotten it already, uh, Anna Fox is an agoraphobic child psychologist who finds herself keeping tabs on the picture-perfect family across the street through the windows of is her. Is it? No. New York City brownstone. Her life is turned upside down. It was already upside down when she inadvertently witnesses a brutal crime. Brutal crime. Wawa. Based on the gripping best-selling novel and adapted by Tracy Ladd, shocking secrets are revealed, and nothing and no one are what they seem. In a suspenseful psychological thriller starring everybody we just said. Great. If I read all that, I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm all. I'm all the way in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounded like it was going to be a good movie uh, up to the le- up to the week of the release, and then the reviews just started pouring in. Like I was expecting, like a forty-five, fifty percent or movie. Yeah, that's where I was saying saying it. But too. that didn't. That did not. That was not the case. Um, we're we're incredibly grateful to Amy Adams for giving us this content. Amy Adams directly went from this movie to to uh, filming Hillbilly Elegy because her her face, her facial expressions, and her mannerisms, same movie. I I. Same makeup artist. <laughs> what is going on with Amy Adams? I mean, she, I guess she's able to do this. I just don't know why she's doing it. I think she did it. Well, she went through, a, so she went through the, the sharp object. She was like, okay, I loved being that sar- sharp I love being object. traumatized, yeah. playing the traumatized yeah, so person. So let me just keep doing this. I've, uh, I've been pretty close to revisiting Arrival. Uh, lately, so maybe. Oh yeah, there's another trauma maybe I'll movie. Do that, yeah, I mean, look, she was in. I think what started her trauma was uh, being in Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. Yeah. Immediately afterwards, she had a rival. She was in Nocturnal Animals, uh, Justice League, obviously, Sharp Objects. Uh, and that's that's bad. That's that's a that's that that takes a toll. We need our girl to come back, but she's going to be in the new uh, the Evan Hansen movie, Dear Evan Hansen. She was also um uh, Lynn Cheney. <clears throat> oh yeah, she yeah. was good. She yeah. was good in that. Yeah, I mean that's dramatic. Uh, that's dramatic into itself. Uh, would you rather have Amy Adams been the blonde and Julianne Moore stay redhead for her part, or, right? Or you? Oh, she had to be blonde to match Jennifer Jason Lee's blonde, huh? Right. Yeah, that was yeah. part of it. But but I, yeah, Julianne Moore looks weird without uh, red hair. Yeah, kind of throws or me graying. Kind of throws me off every time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about it. Um. Uh, what are your for real moments, Nate? My are you for real? I'm gonna start from the beginning and like, cause <clears throat> yeah, please. Three of my four most like ridiculous moments are in the beginning. It starts with her, um, her first conversation. the The movie's actually like intriguing for the very beginning until you get to the first conversation with Ethan when he walks into her house mm-hmm. and comes across the street, and they have like a five minute conversation in the movie that is. Hands down, some of the worst acting that I've seen like this year. It was really bad. It was yeah, incredibly. B- some of his acting was laughable, specifically from Oscar winners. Like it's really yeah. strange. Like Gary Oldman, I don't know what his accent was or what he was doing. Like he's <laughs> yeah. half English, half American. Julianne Moore's accent was like New York some points and not at other points. He's talking like this yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't understand. But starting off, Ethan is the one who ushers in the bad acting into the movie. Mm-hmm. He just like starts out. He walks into yeah. that brownstone, and then all of a sudden, everybody can't act. It's just like something yeah. happened. Yeah, he had the it's kiss like, of death. This is what this movie is going to be like. Yeah, he like <laughs> infected everybody. He was playing like this this kid, obviously with uh, like mental issues, 
but you couldn't tell if he was like trying to play like autistic or if he was trying to just be like a weirdo. Weird depressed kid. Yeah. Weird. Like at first I was like, okay, he's autistic. And then he was like, no, I'm not. I'm just emotional. My dad, my dad, my mom, my dad, my mom. He, there's just like certain things that he says that really throw me off. One, my, my favorite quote of the movie is said by him though. Um, well, second favorite quote. My first favorite quote is Ethan, where's your mother? When she screams <laughs> it out the window. But my first favorite quote is when he, uh, he meets the cat and then he's like, I like cats tongues. <laughs> yeah. I like cats' tongues. I like cats' tongues. <laughs> he says that in like the weirdest way, and I was just I like paused and rewound it. <laughs> it was like okay, he so, did he did say that. Yeah. So does he? Did he visit all the neighbors then, or just just her? <laughs> yeah, I think just <laughs> like definitely. Like, that's ju- what I don't also get is that they just directly go across the street and visit this woman. You'll get it soon, but uh, I think his personality uh, wanted to uh, be attracted towards Amy Adams. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, for for lack of a better term, um, she's an easy target. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. uh, so then. Two scenes. So the next scene after that, uh, kids throw eggs at uh, <laughs> Amy Adams. Poor Amy Adams in this movie. She's an agoraphobic, and these kids are trick or treating and throwing eggs at her brown New York City brownstone. Such trauma. Such trauma. That's going to devalue that. Uh, that, that was the best part so of the bad. movie so far. The real star of this movie is that ap- that huge apartment. Yeah, that huge apartment that exists in Los Angeles and not New York. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the only weird part was that her tenant did live downstairs in like a one. In, a ba- ba- in the basement. In the basement. Yeah, in the basement. When that place is so huge, you would think it'd be opposite. Like yeah, she would yeah. just cash out and just say, "Hey, have this giant, giant place." But maybe she wants the windows to be like, uh, you know, the her perch. I think so. Yeah, I but think- she wasn't like that before the people moved in, right? Was she not uh, nosy before the people moved in? I feel like she was. I think you become nosier the more you're stuck inside. That was one thing. So this is obviously we got some pandemic vibes. I don't know how, how, why they didn't just release this in the middle of the pandemic because they didn't want to traumatize everybody. They waited to like the very end to remind people that they spent the whole year inside. Yeah, this is like, what you could have could have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think Amy Adams just wants to. She loves playing like a, a drunk wino on pills, and then like uh, her her like scenes that joe wright kept recording was like her falling asleep to the old movies so they right they're like hinting at hitchcock like the entire movie the entire time the showing entire time. just like copying shots that he would do like staircase shots yeah copying rear window shots yeah shadows with blinds yeah yeah um constantly but there was one part where she's like watching a movie and she just like is laughing to her false herself and then she just like gently falls asleep and i'm like okay that's the life she could have lived this <laughs> where she right. just she just gets really high and then uh falls asleep to all these movies but yeah which i thought was going to be more of a more of a thing but it wasn't yeah a lot a lot of red herring twists that i didn't appreciate like her her addictions her agoraphobia the whole twist of her family um and then the final twist like it, record it, her uh suicide note yeah, it, do- it, message. it doesn't make sense. Like, sure, have those have those red herrings, but but wrap them up. Like you like you said at the like you said at the start of this, there were so many things that were introduced and never finalized, and that's the most problematic part of this uh, this film to me. Besides the shitty acting, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so many uh, the 
the Julianne Moore subplot alone was like this is weird. What is happening? This is yeah. really weird. <laughs> yeah. Really weird subplot. In the book, they kind of explain it, but even that, it was still like fo- see, forced for sure. You're right because I read the synopsis of the book, and and that plot line makes so much more sense than the movie plot line. <laughs> like I read them back and forth before watching the film. I was like, oh, that's the twist. Oh, that's eh, that makes sense. Sure, why not? But like I wanted more of it to be her. Like I wanted all the paranoia and all the hallucinations to be her, and then one last one last twist to be like, oh, uh, there, that guy really is the bad guy. Yeah, and then uh, when when she does meet Julianne Moore in the book, they like play chess and they have like a good conversation. This one, it was like, I guess they're friends. They were like in a they were both, drunken hysteria. They were both crazy people. Crazy. People. Is that just maybe that's just maybe it was supposed to be just like two crazy people just having a conversation? Which brings me up to my next point. Did Julianne Moore deserve to die? I feel like she did because she was stalking this family. <laughs> I mean, she yeah, she was forcing herself in there. But and, at the uh, same time, there's a reason why she was being shied away because she had the mental issues that beget to her. Yeah, I loved child. the uh, the uh, drawing that she did of. <laughs> so in, in the book, it's like a hyper realistic drawing. Right. But then they were like, "We can't afford anybody that can actually draw uh, for this movie." Julianne, you sketch something. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Really? Like we don't want to pretend to like have a, a better drawing than this." <laughs> so when she whips it out, when all the cops are there, she's like, "This proves she was there." <laughs> it's just like this, like a stick figure. This like incredibly weird hand drawn thing that anybody could have done. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only other uh, real, real bad moment was so she has her camera all the time, but never takes a fucking picture of like she no. literally saw the murder yeah, yeah, that's really through annoying. her camera. She uses her camera as a telescope. She did, yeah, she used, zoom in. Like just take a fucking picture. Like why well, just press record? The whole the whole <laughs> that mo- camera has video mo- capability. The whole movie's yeah. over the second she even snaps one photo of Julianne Moore. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if, That's all it was. And if she did that, then a good twist would have been the killer taking her SD card or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, what happened? I took pictures. <laughs> I believe the that. I think gone. something <laughs> like that. I think that does happen in the book. See, there you go. Way to blow it, Joe Wright. Tracy Letts. Tracy Letts just is like... He's like, we're gonna focus on the paranoia part of this, not the not that any of the making sense part of this. This is why I wanna I wanna have a one on one conversation with Tracy Letts. Like, I appreciate your you know. Let us sit down. Yeah. Let's sit down. Yeah. Let's get down to business. Let's have an intervention. Tracy, let's have an intervention. How much did Joe Wright uh, butcher your script, Tracy? <laughs> yeah. I need to know. Did Joe Wright? He was like, I love I love what you did there, but I want a car inside of a house with snow falling on it, please. Look, I did a I did a direct adaptation to Atonement. So when I decided I wanted to do another. That book adaptation, I decided to give it my own twist. <laughs> yeah. Put a little right, r- little right measure in there, if you would. I don't know. Maybe they both just were like, "We're taking the money and we're going." Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, is there any real good part of this film, Nick? Yeah, there's one standout part of this book, and that's the cat punch. The cat punch performs cat punch. exceptionally well. The cat's name yeah. is Punch, not Punch the Cat. Yeah. Uh, cuz you can't punch the cat cuz that is cruel and we won't do that. You the only that's person a, that can get sexual hit sexual term, Nick? The only person that can get hit in this movie is Ethan by his dad, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman playing the most true to Gary Oldman performance yet. <laughs> like, 
I mean, yes, because he. he so Gary Oldman is. We need to talk about the other people in this movie because they're hardly ever in this movie. They're hardly ever in this J- movie. Jennifer Jason Lee has like maybe seven lines. She's yeah. she's a great crazy person. I would have liked more from her. I mean, yeah, she's great at playing the the crazy role, but she wasn't a crazy person in this movie. No, she, she wasn't. She had to well, play like this. She's sociopathic. So, she, but she wasn't full blown full blown Klaus Kinski Kinski crazy. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but no, uh, what you were saying about what I don't even know what you were saying. Sorry. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, he's infamous for these old roles as well, of of having like these stellar roles during his life, and then three or four like, oh, I'm just getting paid, like RoboCop, or the one where the kid, um, the kids from Mars, and he wants to and he wants to come to Earth and be with his Earth girlfriend, but if he comes to him from Earth from Mars, he dies <laughs> because the gravity's oh, so yeah, much yeah, heavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's in that. He's the guy in that movie. Oh yeah, that one should have been called Brittle Bones. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was called the Stars Apart, Worlds Between. Yeah, the Worlds Between. Yeah, us something like that. Shit like that. Kyle, so, what, Kyle, what party you at now? Uh, she just saw the photo of the cat with the wine. Oh and the shit! Oh. Of Julianne Moore in the wine glass. Yeah, so. Julianne Moore with shark eyes in the wine glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, who's your? But you were talking about the cat during that whole time, so I didn't want to. No, the cat was great. Yeah, cat the cat was, was the best, best part of the film. Um, Obviously, when you're agoraphobic, of course you're gonna have a cat. You're gonna have some sort of pet. If it's like if it's like a parrot, it's not a dog because dogs you gotta take outside. It has to be an indoor animal. Yeah. Um, David, not a good tenant. Not a not a great tenant. I mean, he was fu- he was exactly what he needed to be for yeah, her. I he guess was fine. Yeah, doing he, doing mean out things because he wanted to keep it on the low. Why Russell's performance in this movie is the is kind of the most the odd man out in that he was like they were like okay we need a little bit of comedy you're the only chance we have bringing like a little levity to anything so they right. let him like just be his like charming self a little bit. What would have been better if it was like a rough and tumble? clearly looking like an ex-con that's what it i mean in the book he's much more serious yeah and like quiet and then like reserved yeah and then he has like prison jokes for her all yeah. the time like that'd be pretty good oh yeah like here i made you some dinner it's like a tortilla with cheetos wrapped up with like <laughs> processed cheese it's like i made it on the radiator <laughs> uh who who worked for you uh, i mean not a lot of people, but if we're gonna pick someone, I would say Brian Tyree Henry as the detective. Yeah, I guess he was he was you know by the book by the book dude. He he was under underperformed, underutilized for sure. But uh, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he was he was fine. Yeah. Amy Adams like had parts where she did and where she didn't. It's uh, it's the fact that we think of Amy Adams in, on such a high regard um, when she does movies like these and and performances like these. It's just like really. Like, oh, you could have done so much better. That's why I don't have her in my best. It's like I know she can do so. It's like it's like the teacher that writes like you got a D, not because you're dumb, but like you can do so much better. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. You, you What's got... the last good movie she did? Uh, Vice was okay. Yeah, Vice was fine. Arrival was good. Arrival, yeah, that was Arrival. But that's like 2016. That's 2016. Yeah, Vice was three. Sharp years ago. Objects was a decent show, even though it was like it's a show. It was just a fine show. Yeah, it's just a, it's just it's just a show. She's on just a bad streak right now. Yeah, uh, the worst uh, we can agree on this is. You don't think uh, Superman's are good movies, Kyle? Of course not. <laughs> Zack Snyder's director's cut does not recount as like a <laughs> recent thing she's done. No, it totally counts as a recent thing she's done. <laughs> no, according to everybody, it's a totally different movie. It is. I haven't even seen the other movie, and I know it's a totally different movie. 
Uh, replace uh, or no, Nick? Talk talk about the worst character. The worst character, uh, worst actor worst, is worst thing. Sorry, Fred. Fred was terrible. It's yeah. Ethan. Yeah. I I just think he got some maybe some bad direction. All right. Do you, anything else you want to say about Ethan? Nope. All right. Uh, replace a character with a Muppet. My obvious choice is replace Amy with Grover. But if you want to keep it female, <laughs> then replace it with Zoe. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a that's a great idea. Grover is a good paranoid uh paranoid uh, thing. Yeah, I would. Creature. I was gonna replace Gary Oldman with. Um, no, I can't do that. Uh, let's. Uh, Rolf as the tenant downstairs as David. Oh, that's a good Muppet. Yeah, Rolf. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and Amy Adams just yelling at him. <laughs> Stop playing the piano. Stop playing the piano, <laughs> Rolf. <laughs> I think Ethan's gonna be the killer. <laughs> why do you think? Why do you think that, David? I don't know. I just have this feeling. <laughs> Uh, re- uh, re- recasting. Would I, I would recast. Uh, I'd put my. I'd make the big move. Make the big move. Make Tremblay Ethan. Wow. Tremblay's the the killer. I think I would like to switch it. I want to switch uh, Julianne Moore's character with Amy Adams because I feel like Amy Adams would deliver that sort of cameo monologue and conversation with Julianne Moore like a thousand percent better yeah and julianne moore's like big eyes could actually like scare the shit out of you for the rest of the movie super impact like super impactful scene one one shot and then amy adams killed off well, yeah that's that's pretty good because like amy that. adams is endearing enough to where if you met her one time you'd be like i i get why we could be best friends right 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 yeah yeah because she could pl- play that nice role uh, that nice lady, a I nice lady how, who seems a little off. That's how you would make it fresh too. Yeah. I think Julianne Moore's the better. And have somebody build. else write instead of Tracy Letts. Mm, I don't know. I'm giving uh, you're really against <laughs> Tracy Letts and giving Joe Wright a lot of slack, and and I feel like you're that's wrong. You're right. Joe Joe Wright does deserve some. Uh, he deserves not most credit. Of it. Yeah, he deserves most yeah. of it. Okay. I mean, Tracy Letts is a better writer. Yeah, his, he is. his track record proves you're, it. You're right. You're right. You're right. But also, there's uh, good movies that Joe Wright's done. Maybe he can only do British people. Yeah, he needs to focus on his own on his own countrymen. You gotta watch Hannah. Yeah, I gotta watch Hannah the show and the and the movie. The movie's so good. I hear. Search. Oh, yeah, search. 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 Keep watching. It's not real. It's not real. Keep watching. So it's gotta be a top movie. We already said my favorite quotes. Did you have any other quotes? There is a quote that Gary Oldman said. Let me pull it up. It's it was pretty good, especially in his weird half British accent. No, I don't have it. I thought it, they would have it on the quote page, but the only one is Alistair Russell yelling out, "See you at the block party!" <laughs> yeah, like, what? That was his chance to like really uh, uh, have his impact on the movie. Yeah, it was dumb. Uh, now it's time for the top five. Top five. We're gonna do top five unreliable narrator movies. There's a lot. I was surprised. I thought there would be not be a lot, but there's a there's a couple that meet the criteria without having an actual voiceover narration. Okay. I didn't realize there were this many either. So right, this right. is this is great. So a lot actually. of them fall into that, like uh, like when you think of uh, the movie Wonderland. So the movie Wonderland is about the true true story of John Holmes, the famous '70s porn actor who got uh, involved in like a quadruple homicide in the Wonderland Apartments in Los Angeles, uh-huh. and was asked to testify, and he couldn't couldn't do it because he was so drug addled. He doesn't know who killed anybody. So it, it was an unsolved murder. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird weird story. But it but Val Kilmer played. Uh, Val Kimmer played John Holmes, and it was like towards the twilight of a porn star's career, where it's like you're, it's, it's, it's like the bad part of Boogie Nights. Yeah, and that was basically what all of Wonderland was. <laughs> so. Yeah, the most stressful movie ever is just all of the rest of Boogie Nights. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, and then you have movies that don't have a, a like that don't have a voiceover, but do have different story takes, like Rashomon, Frailty, uh, uh, Shutter Island, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, I think the list you got here is a pretty good list. Pretty solid list. Well, uh, why don't you take it away, Nick? What's your five? My five. Actually, it's going to be easier for me to go from the top down. Start with my one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to start from my one. I'm going to go Eternal Sunshine as my Ooh, one. That's just because it's on the list. Yeah, I know. Exactly. If it wasn't on the list, you wouldn't pick it. I wouldn't have picked it if it wasn't on the list. It's but it, it's actually right. It, it. But is it a narrator? I don't know. We're kind of splitting hairs. But. It's an un- unreliable narration. Oh yeah, so it's a the so story. Like you can't trust it. Yeah, 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 because you can't trust the writer of the of the story because the the it's so all over the place and be, and your characters are all unreliable. Every one of them is unredeemable, unredeemable in their um. Oh my god! In their following. <laughs> oh no! What happened, Kyle? Sorry. Did it happen? Amy Adams getting stabbed in the face. Oh my god! That's <laughs> the oh that's what I I totally forgot to talk the about. Final fight sequence. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we were waiting to talk till Kyle got to it so we could talk about it. Yeah, but okay, so yeah. the the rake through the face is insane. <laughs> that it, that is yeah. one. Of, that's the best part of this movie is when she just gets fully like uh, it's it's not a rake. It's one of those like three pronged like hand. It's a hand rake. rake. Hand rake. Yeah, it's a hand yeah. Rake. The hand rake yeah. through her cheek. I was like actually shocked at that part. For <laughs> for movies with action sequences, that's like the most un unappealing uh motion. Like there there was this other movie called Killing Season with uh with Robert De Niro and John Travolta and there's multiple scenes where they like stab each other through the cheek and it's like, "Oh, he's so dead. Oh no, he's not. He's just bleeding a lot and then now talking weird." Like I it's it's just a weird scene that I don't feel gets an impact as much as like it's not a good surprise uh, uh maiming. I guess is the best way to put it. I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm just being too critical. You you weren't shocked right when it happened though. When it I happened. was like I was shocked that I was shocked in the fact that oh they're using that to 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 maim her like <laughs> like take an eye it cut was, her ear off or was, something that'd be that'd be that'd be more weird than a fucking prong through the cheek. It was pretty unexpected. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it hurt like her her temple almost got hit too. <laughs> yeah. She could have died. Could have like, killed her. So could have killed her. My I'm f- bleeding from the tongue. I'm ruining the next part for you, Kyle, <laughs> but she's in the hospital later. Um, oh, yeah. And she has gauze and she's like still actively bleeding from her. <laughs> from yeah. Her. And she's talking normally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would totally happen. She wouldn't have, you know, like an inflamed cheek or tongue or, or broken teeth. And they ki- they kill a lot of people in this movie. I think they kill more people in the movie than in the book, which is just like sh- weird. Yeah, like, there's only like two deaths surprising. in the book. There's like at least four or five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, so you so okay, all right. Maybe, Eternal Sunshine. You know what? I'm not gonna put Eternal Sunshine on my list. Wow. I don't think it's an unreliable narrator movie. Okay, <laughs> if you don't want to count it, well, I'm taking it off the list. Is that your number one road trip? Road trip is my number one. <laughs> my number one's a. a I'm just gonna go sentimental. Big, big fish. Big oh, fish. Oh yeah. I, I mean, love, I love big fish. Yeah. I mean, it's that's it's, a real, that's a good unreliable narrator. The ultimate movie. unreliable narrator, but at the same time, um, it's like it doesn't matter. Right? Yeah. It's part of like the whimsy of it, I guess. Is yeah. He, uh, he, his embellishments on the story, so you know that he's lying to you, but also you don't care. Yeah. You don't care, and and that there is truth to his embellishments. And it makes it so they're they're hiding things, but in a more fun way than mm-hmm. uh, than like a go- like a Gone Girl, where it's. A la Life of P, Life yeah. of Pi. Yeah, it's like, oh, is it the story of the of the of the tiger on the boat, or is the tiger just a really mean, mean yeah, old man? That, yeah, when that movie came out, that was, that was interesting. It was good. Three D, yeah, good. Three D, Life of Pi. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it came out in like 03. 
We're talking about thing. Life of Pi, Kyle. Uh, yeah, like my number... Is that your number one is Big Fish? That's my number one. My number one... Kyle's going to love it. It has to be it. Memento. Memento's ultimate uh, unreliable narrator. Yeah, it's him I, talking to himself. That's, it's him, that's my two. That's him my questioning two. his reality all the time. Yeah. Um, and then him getting used by people all the time because he always questions his reality every 15 minutes. That will also be my number one. Well, we didn't ask. Uh, what's your number? What's your number three? <laughs> or my number two? Then, if you already said memento. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah. See, I have to put it at number two. Frailty. Frailty yeah. is one of the one of the best, one of the best thrillers. One of the best thrillers. If you want an unreliable narrator with a good twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Love it. Is this the? Uh, this is the Matthew McConaughey one. Yeah, the Matthew McConaughey God's Hand Killer, yeah. directed by Bill Paxton. Chill Paxton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my number three is Fight Club. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Um, my number basic, two is Chad. Uh, my yeah, number two is Fight Club. <laughs> Do I, I know, not get to play this game? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you're playing anyway, Kyle. So fine. <laughs> Welcome to the club. What's your number three, Kyle? My number three is Forrest Gump. <laughs> your number three is Forrest Gump. Why? Yes. Why are you ripping on me? <laughs> why are you ripping me off, that was, bro? Uh, yeah, Stephen's number three as well. Uh, no, my number three is. Uh, How's Forrest Gump not your number one? Because he's a. Uh, because it's a. Uh, it's. I don't know. Isn't it like your favorite movie of all time? Yeah, but but I'm thinking like in in brass tacks here. Like the story of Forrest Gump is not the story of him telling yeah, these it, outlandish stories. Yeah. It's about his life, and his life just happens to be outlandish. But. But it's all. But it's all true in that universe, you know, where it's like. You can't, you can't be an unreliable narrator, narrator unless Jenny's like, you know, Forrest, none of that ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if Forrest Gump was just imagining everything? He's just a, imagining things and like working at a McDonald's or and and just telling people these stories instead yeah. of a, at a bus stop. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a that'd be an interesting uh, take on Forrest Gump. Um, my number three. Yeah, I'll go with the OG and 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 say Rashomon. Rashomon is definitely uh, it. It is the it is the the cinematic uh, foundation for the unreliable narrator. It's I have the, not seen. It's the OG. It's a quick watch. It's like an hour and a half, or less than an hour and a half. And it, but it's but it's old and it's Japanese. So so take that for what for what it's worth. Four, Nick. Four. Um, I was just googling it. So there's <laughs> there's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Left. So it's it's pretty tough. Um, yeah, it's a hard list. I want to bring up one that may or may not be one. Uh, Goodfellas? Yeah, I was going to put it on the list, but it's... Um, I mean, it's mostly true. He, yeah, but It's he, mostly true, but Henry Hill's a piece of shit. He's also unreliable. In yeah. That, uh, he didn't tell, like, a lot of the story. Or yeah. Or, uh, he, well, he didn't, co- he didn't cop to a lot of things that he's actually guilty yeah, of. Yeah, like, he killed that, a lot more people. Like, he did a lot more crime than he said he did in the book. Yeah, like, in the <laughs> in the movie, he hardly ever does anything. He, like, beats up a couple guys. Yeah, he's just an accessory. That's yeah. that's what he was saying the whole time as an accessory, when, in fact, he was the one committing committing these crimes because he wasn't a made guy, because he wasn't uh, fully Italian. That's, that's the thing. Uh, yeah. Kyle, what's your three? Four. Um, what was his three? I four did my three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My four will be probably Big Fish. 
I always forget that's Tim Burton. Big Fish. And I really <laughs> do enjoy that movie. Oh, Unreliable Narrator movie that's also directed by Tim Burton. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not. That's not. Um, my number four, uh, it's, it's a great movie, even better book, Shutter Island. What a great, what a great unreliable narrator yeah. movie! It's uh, it's it's great. The book's better. It, it is a classic un- unreliable narrator movie. Also, uh, one I need to revisit because I just didn't connect with that movie. I would it's say so read good. the book because the twist is entirely different than the movie twist. Yeah, I heard the book so good. I remember seeing that in theaters. Uh, I'm a big fan of the author. Blown that's away. Why. I'm a big fan <laughs> of uh, Dennis Lehane, so I'm I guess I'm biased there. Uh, f- uh, for 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 Nick, uh, I'm leaving. Here's what I'm. Oh, leaving. you had a good fellas. Yeah, I had a good fellas. I'll do that as my four. Why not? Uh, I'm leaving off Unusual Suspects, even though it probably is the the. It's one of the best. One ones. of the first big twists. But Brian Singer is like, problematic. Yeah, Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey, not great. Yeah, not a good combo. Um, nowadays. And the movie is like on rewatch. Okay, like. Yeah, it's not good after the after you watch it a, a, a you know yeah. a second or third time. It's uh, like okay, yeah. Frailty yeah, yeah. is pretty close to my number five in that I've seen that a few times and still every time it's like good ending. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I enjoy the ride. Yeah, every time. Uh, American Psycho, I haven't seen. Gone Girl, you I haven't seen American Psycho. No, I have. I oh. mean, uh, I haven't seen it in a while. Oh yeah. Uh, Gone Girl is what I think I'm going to put there because it it's the most recent best one. Yeah, I think we can all agree that it's going to be and a it's, girl. And it's uh, some of Fincher's some best stuff. Yeah, there's a couple honorable mentions, but my number five as well is Gone Girl. It's it's probably Fincher's best uh, best straight straight line movie without taking it weirdly or having like dark dark themes and dark tones. Overly dark themes and dark tones. Yeah. Um, it's a good... It's a good psychological thriller, yeah, absolutely. With the with the ultimate unreliable narrators, um, yeah. Kyle, do you agree? My number five is Joker. Wow, <laughs> I'm the Joker baby. <laughs> That's really horrible, Kyle. They didn't pick <laughs> Gone Girl and pick Joker. Joker Why? wasn't even nominated for anything. It hardly ever won any awards. Yeah, and we'll, yeah, barely won any. Barely won an award. I just didn't want to choose David Fincher again after already choosing Fight Club. So. You, you saw there that they're go. making uh, um, Joker two. That's the that's the rumor. I don't, even know, how, they're writing, yeah, I don't they're, even know how. That's the rumor, do Willis. That, they're right. They're writing it now. That's the rumor, Willis. Uh, two two uh, 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 honorable mentions. I got to call out. Obviously, uh, Secret Window. Is it Secret Window? Johnny Secret Depp? Window. That was Rear that, Window. No, rear windows with the uh, the. We were gonna do window skinny. movies, but those Just are act- those are actually like the three window movies: uh, secret window, rear window, and woman in the window. Yeah, yeah, the window series. Uh, Shout out to the fir- one of the first times I got high and I got confused about the word window, and I thought it was just the weirdest word. Window. Back years, <laughs> years and years ago. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, Chris Farley and Black Sheep. Um, <laughs> The honorable mentions that I wanted to mention, obviously road trip, because the the ultimate unreliable narrator is always going to be Tom Green. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You have Snake Eyes, which is a Rashomon pull, uh, 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 rip off. Snake Eyes, which we wish we could do for Year of Cage, but we just can't because it's, it's too good. It's too good. It's too good. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, Joe Wright's, uh, uh, I guess, best movie, Atonement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his best, yeah, I would say his best movie. <laughs> and then a quick shout out. No, I got to give a quick shout out to My Best Fiend, which is a documentary by Werner Herzog about all of his times, uh, his life and times with the actor Klaus Kinski. I started rewatching that last night, and I didn't realize that it fell into the unreliable narrator 
uh, genre based solely on the fact that Klaus Kinski died in 91. And so he made this movie in 98 just ripping on Klaus Kinski being a psychopath, which he was diagnosed as. Um, and, and just, just Who's Klaus Kinski? Klaus Kinski is one of the greatest uh, German actors uh, in the 20th century who also was a complete crazy person. Uh, where he pretended uh, in in late seventies Germany that uh, that he was the reincarnation of Jesus, and then went on like arena tours and filled out arenas saying like how he's the how he's the second coming of Christ and you all need to bow down to him. Oh, um, he would routinely berate uh, actors on set and and clash with Werner Herzog. There's a lot of famous footage of him like yelling at Werner Herzog and punching him and wanting to kill him <laughs> where where in fact uh, a local d- they were they were filming in a uh, in a jungle in in South America the local uh, chief of the tribe who who they were utilizing as extras came up to Werner Herzog and asked him if he could kill Klaus Kinski for him and uh, Werner said no because we need to finish the movie <laughs> <laughs> we need to finish the movie yeah so it's a it's an interesting watch uh, and and the fact that it only falls as an unreliable narrator because Werner Herzog is live and Klaus Kinski is it <laughs> really really made me laugh game time let's get this genre bowl genre out of the bowl way. uh Kyle you're just gonna give us genres to for, for us to work with just okay. say four genres and then me and Nick pick one. Um, all right. Because of this movie, we'll do psychological thriller. No, throw it out <laughs> because that's already a psychological thriller. <laughs> we're doing it. If it's, if it's like we're doing Woman in the Window, if it was a, uh, a, a blockbuster oh, so action movie. Because you, so you have to do it about the same movie. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Fine, fine, fine. Um, comedy. Great. Um, we'll do war movie. I don't know. Is that it? Yeah, that yeah, counts. That's good. Yeah, that counts. Um, we'll do like a family kids movie. I don't know how you can something. I'm imagining like Cheaper by the Dozen. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty good. Too bad. Too bad. Cheaper is not Summer of Sick. And then we'll do. Actually, you gotta be sick mystery, that have 12 but is kids. that mystery yeah. too close to psychological? You get thriller? sick every mystery. day if you have twelve children. <laughs> What'd you say, Kyle? Mystery? Mystery? Is that too close? It's to... too close. Yeah, it's too close. There's too many red herrings right. in this film, or else I would give it to you. Um. Fuck, I don't know. Um. Horror. There we go. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Porn. <laughs> Porn. <laughs> Uh, this this has already been made into a porn movie multiple times. I don't know. It works. The porn title works. I know exactly what I would do if it was. Oh a porn my god! Movie. Yeah, no. this is too easy as a porn yeah, movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick, go ahead. I'm keeping the cast. Keep. I'm keeping this entire cast, and I'm going with. I'm right. It's right in between. Thinking of the chops of the cast. So. Uh, between war movie and comedy, I'm gonna go war movie. Dang, I'm stealing war movie. Um, it takes place in France, of course. Mm. Uh, what's the Kyle? Can you look up the French for woman in the window? What it is in French? Um, everybody, of course, speaks English or with English accents. Uh, <laughs> woman in the window is a woman who is trapped in her house. She is a uh, a a refugee during the war. Les femmes à la fenêtre. There you go. And Gary Oldman is is the man uh, who has her trapped in the house. 
um, will not let her leave. Oh, interesting. And uh, she she can only come to the window until a young soldier comes to the to to, to the area and starts working around. What kind of soldier? A uh, an American soldier. Wow. Wyatt Russell can't play anything but American, Dang. so he's got to play American. Uh, we're gonna have Julianne Moore as Gary Oldman's uh, wife, Jennifer, or no, as a Jennifer Jason Lee as as the wife again, because she she seems like she could be like real cold blooded. Julianne Moore is uh, works at the house, you know, kind of a friend to Amy Adams, kind of not. We don't really know where she stands a lot of the time. Uh, the war is coming. Gary Oldman is he's in and out all the time. She she can't escape though, because uh, there's there are spies around. She falls in love with Wyatt Russell a little bit. They try to escape. We don't know what happens after that. Wowzers. Yep. Um, okay, I'll just wow. I'll just go ahead. Um, so mine is unfortunately also going to be Ethan a- is a uh, dead. <laughs> Ethan is dead. I killed him. <laughs> um, mine is also. Uh, <clears throat> well, I'm just gonna get right. Fred, into it. No, Fred. Fred is why why it's a soldier buddy who gets killed in the. Like all out nineteen seventeen. Yeah, when they're like, yeah, when they're <laughs> he just gets stabbed yeah, in the tummy yeah. and dies. <laughs> oh man, yeah, so sad. R.I.P. Um, nineteen fifty-three, uh, a divided Germany. The uh, West, the West is occupied with capitalistic ideas and and caviar dreams. But uh, there's a dirt, there's a dirtier underbelly of of a divided Germany, specifically a, a divided Berlin where there is a connection between the East and the West, but only there's only one place to, to broker that, to broker that, uh, what do you call, what do you call that bad, rela- what do you call a bad relationship? Not toxic relationship, but like, to broker that, that shaky bond, uh, that shaky bond of the, under, of, the, of the underworld. It's only known in German as, the woman under window. <laughs> the woman under the <laughs> Uh, no, it's, uh, sorry, sorry, I'm taking way too much time. Oops, it's not coming up. Great. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's the, it's, it's the, uh, the speakeasy known, or the, the bar, bar slash social hall known as, uh, the woman in the window. Why is it called the woman in the window? Yeah, why? It is, uh, it, it was an old church that was, uh, destroyed during the, during the Berlin siege, and the only thing that stood standing was the picture of the, of the Madonna, uh, stained glass, uh, wall that's so. julianne moore no. <laughs> no the proprietor however the proprietor of the woman in the window is amy adams uh with thick thick german accent and uh has to and gets involved in the in when when the soviets when when the resistance against the soviets in east germ in east berlin and east germany come to west germany to try to make a basically an underground railroad uh for resistance fighters who fear execution okay and she has to broker that she has to broker that alliance while while dodging both the the West German and East German uh, authorities. Yeah, I, I I'm very into it. I, yeah. I think you Gary Oldman as like the Western like lead cop, and then you have like uh, or and then Wyatt Russell's like a subordinate, and then uh, and then maybe Julianne Moore's like the femme fatale from yeah, East yeah. Germany. I think the only um, way to do this is to do. It. 
no research and just just to write it. Right. And the ultimate <laughs> ultimate twist, screwball comedy by the Cohen Brothers. Screwball comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a war war film, Cold War film with screwball elements a la Cohen Brothers. <laughs> oh, my director is Joe Wright again. I'm giving him a second wow, chance. Wow, piece of garbage. He does war movies well. Sure. Final thoughts. Kyle, who who Oh yeah, who wins? Yeah, who are you gonna buy a ticket to, Kyle? Who's the winner? I'm gonna go see Steven's movie. Oh, God damn it. I still Easy. haven't won Sorry. it. Sorry. I haven't won in probably years. <laughs> yeah. In episodes. <laughs> but my movie's not the type of movie Kyle's uh, really into. It's the type right? of movie nobody wants to see. Uh, the, uh, it is not watch, better than the big green. No, it's not. That. It's not better than the big green. If we can agree on no. all of that. Nope. What's your re-rating? I'll give it a I I'm gonna give it what it deserves. Twenty five point four. We need two more reviews, everybody. <laughs> Get in these two uh, more reviews. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, I breaking news from a couple months ago, which we discovered, but we I'd forgotten about till very recently is uh, how we did talk about how like podcasts are coming out with new reviews, new blurbs are getting posted all the time. Uh, right. Ace Ventura is now down to twenty five when wow. Nature Calls. It, it oh, got, Nature Calls! Wow, it got a recent review that put it into the twenty five zone. So uh, keep your eyes nice. out for. Future contender, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. That may be the birthday movie. So there you go. Yeah, uh, nice. I'll re-rate it 25.4. Okay. I gave it a, I gave it a solid 20. Uh, could have been better, but was a lot worse than 26. Uh, my blurb uh, that I wanted to get out into the universe is best not to keep up the, with the Joneses on this one. You get it? Because neighbor, looking at yeah. the neighbors all the time, better life. Got it. Yep. Blurb? Uh voyeur somebody else's house go on some other voyage voyeur <laughs> <laughs> all right that's what, pretty good what's your blurb kyle uh i don't have one but i just thought of one uh don't open the door <laughs> <laughs> there you go good job nick what's your real rec i have uh, a few yeah we're behind podcast blank check yeah been listening to a lot very good um and then uh, watched Inside the Bo Burnham oh, com- did, comedy did special. Like it? Watched it last night. Did you like it? Pretty great. Okay. Uh, he makes you feel good and sad all at the same time. So that's cool. Hey, for eighth grade. Sounds e- like it. Everybody's like, man, I love this comedy special. I am so sad. <laughs> um, I watched the first half of Army of Dark. Army of the Dead. Army of Dark. Army of the Dead. <laughs> Zack Snyder, Snyder's still on my shit list, but you know, yeah. so far it's okay. I mean, he made up for it by putting Tig Notaro in, uh, reshooting with Tig Notaro, <laughs> getting Chris uh, D'Elia out of there. And then uh, I had another one that I forgot. I'll help you fill in that blank. It's Invincible on Amazon Prime. There you go. There you go. Watch that. Uh, Kyle, what's your recommendation? Um, the second that and. Is it the crown? Heavily into the crown. (laughs) Son of a bitch. You said that already. You can't say the crown. (laughs) He's still into the crown. Uh, Are you guys on the Princess Die season yet? Doolittle? We just finished. Yeah, we just finished season three. So we're just about to get into it with with Jillian. So apparently the last season is the best season with Jillian. And Olivia, I think, too. Well, yeah, you have Olivia Cook, but Olivia Cook? No, Coleman. Coleman. Uh, No, no, Jillian Anderson as, as fucking Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Yeah, they. She wasn't in the third season, so yeah. Yeah, she's in the she's last season. In this one, she's the yeah. shit. She's supposed to be the shit. She's like the best representation. Better than Meryl, from what I heard. Better than Meryl as yeah. as Mar- Maggie Thatch. Well, there we go. They've casted pretty well for the series, though. Sure, Kyle. Sure, they have. 
Thanks for joining us, everybody. This has been Real Rotten, the Summer of Sick. Yep. Makes me want to crawl back into my house for another 18 months. So we'll see you later. Yep. Uh, just getting over the hangover. Everybody stay safe out there. Uh, we got some big movies coming up. Coming up. It's going to be a good summer. Hot boy summer. Hot girl summer. Yeah, as we always say, keep it real. Keep it real. Stay rotten. The devil made me do it. Will make you a believer. Uh, Conjuring. It's a new Conjuring, yep. This song is called House Arrest Tings. <laughs> is it the song of the movie?